How are your feet, Cal? Really sore. <laughs> I've got blisters on the soles of my feet. Do you want to tell the boys and girls at home what stupid thing you did? Um, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, basically, I ran an ultramarathon, uh, which is 50 miles. It was in uh, Snowdonia in Wales. And it was basically coast to coast. So it started in Porth Madog and finished in Conwy. It went and over some things though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was about 3,000 metres of ascent throughout the whole thing. So uh, the the biggest thing it went over was Snowdon. Well, that's a big thing to go over. It's it's the I think it's the largest thing in Wales. And you, you decided to run run over it. Yeah. yeah. I have and, no and, sympathy for <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, there, there, is a, there is a reason my feet are in such absolute tatters it did take 15 hours to run the 50 miles so well you know you deserve everything you got yeah i, I got a medal <laughs> <laughs> so you know Oh, and welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And uh, this is our sort of season one finale, our wrap-up. Our yeah, kind of where we're just going to sit down and consolidate all of our ideas. Yeah, and, you know, summarise the story so far. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping this can act as a jumping-in point for newcomers to the podcast, as we know it can be daunting to uh, listen to... 50 previous episodes of something just to get involved yeah it is it is a, it is a big commitment yeah so a brief uh, explanation then of the premise so for some reason about a year ago we decided uh that we were going to try and uh make a cohesive plot uh of the looney tunes and merry melodies franchise all the way from uh 1937 when porky pig and daffy duck first meet all the way up to the 1996 film space jam yeah um and surprisingly that's what we have been doing yeah uh, it, it, it it's definitely very cohesive i mean the the material we've had to work with has really helped because it's just so obvious the storyline that runs solidly through solidly through it and yeah. we're we're alarmed frankly that no one has done this before yeah so uh we're gonna basically just try and uh summarize we'll do the first half this week second half next week yeah we're gonna start in 1937 and we're gonna get up to the end of 1947 and the film who framed roger rabbit um so yeah uh bear with us it might be a bit of a bombardment of information uh we do recommend you do go back and listen to uh old episodes because they're, they're more joke heavy yeah they're, they're, there's a there's a lot more kind of laughs throughout you know <laughs> yeah. because we were able to take a bit more time this is going to be it. a more absurdist sort of affair yeah um there are also catch-up episodes throughout the series called the Universal glossary which just go over some of the the core concepts in a bit more yes. detail uh, but right now, we're, we're going to focus on the plot and what's happened so far. So without further ado, let's jump into 1937, uh, where Porky and Daffy Duck first cross paths. Okay, so, what do we know? In 1927, Porky Pig, a young pig, you know, in his late teens, early 20s, <laughs> uh, struck out on his own, got a house. Yeah. He's into gardening, he was. He was hanging out. He had a human neighbour. That's pretty much... They seem to get on. Uh, they seem to get on. It was fine. Unfortunately, we got that in a flashback cartoon from 1937 or yeah, 38. We did. So, uh, we don't really know what happened between then and 1937. Well, there was definitely some rift caused. Except, we know that human tunes and animal tunes in 1937 do not live together. No, they like, do not they get do, on. They do not get on. We For don't some know, unknown reason. We don't know what happened, but we know that the humans uh, live basically out in the desert. Yeah. And the tunes live in the cities. They've been shunned from 
society, as it were. So that's that's all we know from pre nineteen thirty seven at this point, really. Yeah. Um. So we started watching in nineteen thirty seven. We did. Porky and Daffy. Uh, I, uh, it was it was it was such a it was such a good marrying of good friends. Yeah. So it's uh. It would really carve the the format for the first part of this mm, story as the. Definitely. Uh, the, I'm not going to say friendship, the relationship between Porky Pig and Daffy Duck. Yeah. Uh, in this instance, they were just out hunting across paths. Little did either of them know, like, the, the, the friendship and, and the, <laughs> the, the toil and oh, they, they, trials they, and they, tribulations they, they that they were going to go through. Big things. Um, so, uh, at this time in 1937, uh, Porky Pig was working as a contractor in the city, uh, we got some insight into the government at the time, yeah. uh, which was a sort of laissez-faire socialist uh, state uh, run by monkeys <laughs> um, who basically taxed everything to buggery and uh, spooged, spooged money into the state. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it seemed to work out for them at the time. Yeah, it seemed to be going, everyone seemed happy. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of unemployment going on, which was quite nice. But yeah, we, we, we rated it as unsustainable. But yeah. at the time, Porky Pig's working as a contractor in the city, then at a gas station, then as a train driver. Yeah. Uh, like, he gets through a, a lot of jobs. He does get through a lot of jobs, but he does get through a lot of jobs by being better than other people at them for a small period of time. Yeah, so that's something we discovered yeah. uh, early on, was the way you get a job in the Tooniverse uh, is to uh, just turn up to, so- to the job you want where someone else is currently doing it and prove that you're better at yeah, it. Yeah, just outperform them. Yeah, you just do it. Yeah. And then it's your job. Yep. And they're out, they're out in the And is. you know somebody's out there in the wings somewhere willing but to outperform you. the unemployment tax uh, is very, very high. And you, 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 you can just go on, the be- on benefits for a bit until you sidle up to a job you want. And that is true. And show that you're slightly better at one aspect of it than the person currently doing it. There was definitely limits to who could go on to benefits and who could not, though. That's true. Well, who do we decide couldn't be on the benefits? Well, you you you, you had to um, you had to pass a test to be within society. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, not just anybody could join. Uh, we discover that a bit later. We do. So we'll get there. Uh, so Porky Pig has a certain relationship with his dog that we noticed. Uh, yeah. He's he's sort of sentient. His dog isn't. Yeah. Like, or at least we didn't think he was. But early on, we we thought, oh, maybe maybe it's sort of a dom sub thing. Yeah. And. Uh, we're pretty sure that's correct. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like Porky Pig has quite a few um, pets in his time, and a lot of them are sentient, but like to be treated as just pets. Yeah. It's uh, just what he's into. It's just what he's into, and it's just what the dog's into. Yeah. Um, Everyone's happy. So, uh, do you want to talk about the, pre- the premise of Toon Sentience a bit? Yeah, so we, we first came up with the idea of... Um, uh, what we call the moment where we saw Egghead go to be a cowboy and he chases around a small calf, which is just a normal baby cow, and stresses this cow out so much that this cow now starts running on two legs. It has the ability to, to defy gravity. It basically just snaps into sentience. In full, into full toon mode. Yeah, and, and like, so it discovers it's got toon powers, and it's almost sort of like an X-Men-esque sort of moment where high stress unleashes uh, dormant abilities that it would seem every toon has. Yeah, so like that's an underlying sort of theme of of the of the Tooniverse is that sort of rift between the sort of super sentient tune and your your regular animal tune, yeah. Uh, and yeah, just it requires a moment of extreme stress. You flip into full sentient tune mode uh, to deal with the situation, basically, yeah. and then you stay there. And you, you stay you, there. You don't revert back. We've never seen a tune revert back to no. sub sentience. Uh, so uh, that's that's why tunes are the way they are yeah. or at least the tune society is uh i've got the portal here the portal is uh the way we view the tuniverse and the way they can view us yeah uh the rings at the start of a warner brothers cartoon it's like a wormhole time and space Very all wibbly, interdimensional 
wormhole. We, we, we are still unsure as to the exact nature of the portal, where it's come from, how, yeah. how it came to be about. We don't know. Yeah, we, we come to some ideas about it, but we're not entirely sure. We do know it's there, though. We know it's there, yeah. and we know it works both ways. Oh, it does. Uh, we know it works both ways because in 1938, uh, there was a... Uh, we call it the murder at the threshold. Yeah. Uh, I d- I, I, it was a a human from our side was gunned down in yeah. a theatre uh, through the, the portal. Through the portal. Yeah. So two bullets came flying through and gunned down a human. And there was no repercussions. Yeah, it was covered up. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that it was covered up uh, made us wonder if there's some sort of... Like there's there's for a long time been some sort of agency on on this side of the portal, yeah. Who is who has known about this? Yeah, it just is, is, is aware of it. Uh, I got us worried for our safety. It did. Uh, we're okay at the moment, though. We're still fine, and yeah. it's been a long time since then. It has. Yeah, you know, I think that was like episode six. We yeah, went. Maybe like, they just haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it seems likely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, to be part of Toon Society. You have to pass something called the trouser test. Yeah. So th- th- this was a concept that we came up uh, when we were looking at various tunes becoming sentient and how they would then go into joint society. And we noticed that certain tunes were wearing certain amounts of formal clothing. Yeah. Normally two items. Yeah. So they seem to have to go through a test. And that allowed them to enter society, which allows them to claim benefits. So there is a upside to taking the trouser test where you can, you know, get job, you know, you can get your housing benefits, you yeah. can get all these different things. So until you've done that, you can't be supported by the state, basically. No. Uh, yeah, again, it's that heavy state intervention. It's that super socialist monkey government rule. Yeah. There's, uh, there, there did seem to be um, something which I believe we called the Pig Brother Programme. Uh, where yeah. you would get a if you were about to take your trouser test, if you maybe a few months out, you get a mentor uh, who was there to kind of help guide you through, and you know, because if you're born sentient, obviously you've got your parents there. You don't need to take your trouser test. You're just allowed into society that way. But if you snap into sentience, and we saw Daffy Duck do this, yeah. Uh, well, we didn't see him snap into sentience, but we saw. He was sentient but outside Pig. of society. Yeah, we saw Porky Pig essentially mentoring him into society so that he could possibly take his yeah. trouser it test. It was a rocky road, but... Oh, it wasn't a just. Uh, so, uh, at some point, I think 1938, some tunes escaped through the portal. Yes. And uh, that gave us some insight into uh, the relationship between our universe and theirs because things really escalated, like... Yeah, uh, it, well, like that was when we noticed um, the the kind of the beginnings of the Second World War started to escalate quite heavily and really quite quickly after these like tunes. O- over over a sort of two week period. Yeah, uh, at the end of which uh, we saw uh, what we think was uh, someone covering up those tunes re-entering. Yeah, the there, there, there was something very weird gone on with the been with, sort of with the portal. Yeah, there, there, there was almost like a screen went up. Yeah, you like were sneaking them back in. Yeah, like rather than just the flashcards at the start with the episode names yeah. coming up, you saw someone pull down a screen. Yeah, and go back up, and suddenly things sort of mellowed out again in our world for at least a little while. Yeah, um, and so that's when we uh, realized that both, firstly, both sides of the portal must have an agency. Yes, that are that is aware of the portal um, and are there to sort of deal with the, the repercussions. So there's some sort of escape tune uh, squad. Yes. Like, uh, the escape tune agency or, or yeah, similar. It was we called it, them the ETA at the time, but I yeah. think they're more like a, like a squad within the agency. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so we, we decided that the agency, I mean, well, say so we decided we've discovered that the agency is actually a, um, a joint organisation between our world and their world. Yeah, we imagine it like uh, the big round table in Doctor Strange Love, with them like with it. It's like alternate sat, yeah. like human from our world, tune human from our world, tune. Yeah, uh, and yeah, we don't know. We don't. 
think they've particularly got evil machinations. They're just there to just try and keep it in check because yeah. they don't think the population can handle this information. I mean, they seem to be doing a pretty good job because, you know, up until now, the vast majority of people were unaware. Certainly, certainly on our side of the portal, yeah. unaware. Um, so the next thing on our list is Eggheads. Now, we thought Egghead was one character for a, a fair period of time. Yeah. He's this little guy, uh, like big red nose, uh, doesn't really have much in the way of power of speech and stuff. He holds no. up a lot of signs. Yeah. Um, so, Egghead, we think, is when an egg becomes sentient. Yes. Right, it, you know, there's it gets- a threat to the egg, it, like the egg, <clears throat> you know, is lucky enough to suddenly, in a flash, yeah, in the snap moment, into snap into sentience and gain the, the gumption and the elbow grease to not get smashed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for a, a long while, we didn't really know what Egghead or, indeed, as we've discovered, the multiple Eggheads were. Yes, yeah. Uh, but that's what we, we think they are. And they started to crop up at around this time. Um, and yeah, well, like we have more discoveries about them in a bit, but... It, it takes us a while to reach that conclusion. Yeah, I think. It, it, it was an interesting time to see something quite simple. I mean, we'd seen a certain items uh, and things like that become sentient, but not to that sort of level. This was the first time we saw... Yeah. Also, it, up up until this point, it's been very much a Porky or Porky and Daffy story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the portal uh, seems to uh, have started focusing on uh, two new entries, I guess, yeah. into the Pantheon. Uh, egghead or the eggheads as we now know them to be yeah uh and a, a rabbit on the peripheries of society a yeah. rabbit with black tips to his ears and yellow gloves and you know he's we don't really know re- he doesn't seem to get involved ever with he's anyone very else's reclusive is this rabbit he doesn't seem to be involved with anyone else's no shit he doesn't seem to want to be involved with anybody else's stuff. He, he wants to be outside of society happily. He's just waiting in the wings for his time. Yeah. Uh, and we, don't really know, we didn't really know what was going on there. He no. was just hanging about. So who was this rabbit? Uh, so as we started watching the eggheads more and more, uh, we started to see them in sort of a variety of historical situations. Yeah, we, we like, like medieval we time, like uh, sort Aladdin. Of Aladdin sort of one, yeah. uh, a Native American sort of one, um, and we thought the, the, like they can't all just be like flashbacks. They can't all just be, you know, back in time scenarios with the same egghead. And we kind of knew they weren't because a lot of them had like neon signs yeah. or like little cars. Dick, like, like calendars with dates on. And yeah, it so like, it just like just weird. it didn't add up. No, uh, and we realised that like eggheads don't live long eggheads don't live very long but they're not going to get a lot of life experience but they have rights god damn it well of course they do and and in this monkey government situation where you know they are very socialist they want to make sure that everyone's taken care of because each one I think we've seen has passed the trouser test yeah because I think that's when that so an egghead like obviously if an egg became sentient you know, it's not got much going on. No. But uh, animatronic these bodies, definitely though. have bodies. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, we think they can somehow pilot them. Yeah. Uh, from the egg, uh, something developed by the, you know, the, uh, the, the boffins uh, <laughs> under the laissez-faire monkey government. Um, Cobble together some nice animatronic bodies for So them. instead of two items of formal clothing, we think an egghead, uh, on proving its uh, sentience, sentience uh, is gifted one of these bodies yeah. and uh, essentially a lifetime subscription to uh, what we called the experience. Yeah, so they, were, so, so they were essentially um, mail-order experiences so that during their short life, they could get to do vastly wondrous things. So we saw like uh, one of the eggheads took up boxing because he wanted to know what it was like to be a world champion. Uh, we saw one of them go off to like an Arabian night sort of thing because he wanted to, you know, get the princess and do the whole Aladdin's Yeah, and they get bit. a full-on experience. Yeah, um, like, like, there's a lot of money gets poured at this because there's a lot of actors going about. It's, yeah. it's pretty fantastical. There seems to be two, like, real levels of the experiences. There's the sort of full theme, themed yeah, uh, kind like of full environment, full immersive experience, yeah. which... And then there's more sort of uh, low-key ones, like the boxing one. Like it came in a box. It came in a box. It trained to be a boxer. And then, 
like it would emulate the experience. Yes. Um, so my thinking on it always was that they can do as much of the smaller experiences as they like, and when their when their time's nearly up, they get to do. They get a big one. They get they get the big one. Um, and then and then they pass pass on. Like, they, yeah, and, and and that's it. Like like whether. You whether know. the egg goes off or yeah it, 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 it's hard to know whether or not they just crack under the pressure that's the thing yeah because like it's it's a lot of pressure being sentient and within an egg there's not a lot going on really so you know there's not much brain power in an egg yeah so so uh so that's how we sort of deal with the egghead struggle with sentience and their struggle with society as a whole yeah uh is through these sort of weird reservations uh, speaking of struggling with society, uh, about around this sort of time, uh, Daffy had pa- just passed his trouser test. Yes, yeah. And he was really struggling. Like, his sort of wackiness started to become really sort of tragic. Yeah, uh, really quite dark He was as really well. struggling to muck in, and, like, it, it manifested in, in often near sort of near murderous streets. Yeah, and, and, and largely directed at his, at this point, good friend Porky. Yeah, because uh, Porky Pig has poured his, his heart, heart and soul into yeah, the Pig really wants a, Really wants Daffy to make it, but... And Daffy's really struggling at this point. Yeah. Uh, but he finds his footing uh, in Hollywood. He does. Uh, where he manages to become a director for at least a short while. He, he does quite a good job of it as well, actually. Well, yes, but this is when we, like, confirmed that the Toon world is watching ours just like we, you and I, are watching them. Yeah, so so, so Daffy... Daffy's in, film. Yeah, is essentially just a cut-together reel, reels of almost documentaries from our from world. From our world, yeah. So it means that he's basically just walked into an archive um, centre... And just grabbed a load of films and just cut them together. And that was how we ended up getting a job as a director. But it did tell us that we've been filmed a lot. <laughs> like a not, lot. not not us two directly, we no, think. No, because we, we're watching our... Like, yeah, that's the thing to understand is we're watching archived footage. Yes. Like through the portal, yeah. just as he was. Yeah. Um, we're just doing it a lot later. So we're you know, we're watching archive footage from 1937, 38, 39. Yeah. Um and yeah, he's doing he's doing similar but after a short thing. So a tune couldn't leap out of the TV into our living room. No, not unless we were watching a brand new cartoon and the portal happened yeah, to be as it aired. through our TV and and as far as I know the portal is not activated through our TV. Uh so that's when we knew we were being watched uh, around this sort of time as well. We saw a lot of, uh, like, Double Bills sort of came in. And yeah. the second episode of was always nonsense. Bill was always, like, yeah, just, like, cobbled together nonsense. Just yeah. random characters, like, just panning shots. Not yeah, a lot going doing on. Doing a thing. Uh, and we think after the original Escapes Toon situation that the agency was rehearsing for Escape Toon scenarios. Yes. So basically, rather than leaving them in our world for two weeks, which is what had happened previously, yeah, they can get them it, back in real quick. Havoc, we think our side of the agency went, look, that cannot happen again. Yeah. Like, that cannot be allowed to occur. And uh, so the, like, Toon Retrieval squad yeah. was just getting... They were drilling, basically. It's just like, we're going to be doing double bills. The second one, we're going to have to cobble together a cartoon real quick. Yeah. Like, just so people looking through the portal aren't suspicious... And then we'll just get the tunes back in, like immediately after they escape. Yeah, and um, I mean, like, like, like chances are, that's when uh, the agency probably started getting control of the portal because the portal, as far as we know, had just been opening randomly at these different points uh, on these different tunes. But for them to practice, they must have gained control or some level of control over the portal. Yeah, I think so. Maybe like as it's closing, they can keep it open. Yes. Yeah. Stick a wedge in or something. Yeah. <laughs> crowbar in, <laughs> just pull it open it back up but we're not sure uh we believed by this point uh simply because the cartoons seem to be like a medium and because the agency is gaining control uh and the fact that they always seems to open up on porky or daffy by this point yeah or like with a few exceptions uh that porky and daffy are in the know uh, about the portal and the agency. Yes, yeah, they're, 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 they're in on it. They live a point. sort of double life. So, like, I mean, they are 
they're celebrities by yes. this point in both yeah. our world and the Toon world. And the agency sort of has to leverage that. Um, so, yeah, up until this point, we believe that was the case. However, this is sort of the point where we see Porky and Daffy both start to settle down with families. Porky with Petunia. Yeah. Daffy with what we presume was his like duck wife from beforehand. Before he, before he became sentient and joined yeah. society. Because she doesn't seem... No. Uh, she, 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 she seems... Like, sub-sentient duck. Yeah. But, you know, he loves but her. He loves her. Yeah. They've always been together, and this presumably allows him to bring her, to, in some semblance, into society with him or or support his family in so, some so, way. So, so, so kind of like a bit of a green card situation. Yeah. Like, oh, you're, you're like, 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 you can live in society because... Because I'm working. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, we've got this covered. Yeah. So, Porky settles down with uh, Petunia, uh, and Daffy uh, settles down with his duck wife. Um... At this sort of juncture, we start to see another character creep in, Sniffles. Yes. Who is undeniably Fivel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fivel goes west. Yeah. So, like, Sniffles comes in, and this is one of the first times we see a regular occurring character, not from a um, more American side of the world. So, this is set um, very sort of European and. We can tell that by the buildings, yeah. uh, you know, just the everything that goes around sort of Sniffles and the environment that he's in just tells us that it is definitely a European side. And that's pretty much the first time we see something which isn't Absolutely. sort of US-based. It also is the first uh, sign we see of not only interdimensionality between our world and, like, the Looney Tunes like yeah. universe, but whatever universe... Fivel's from... Uh, yeah, Fivel is from. Yeah, because um, at some like point... He's acting Sniffles, over here, he's yeah. acting over there. Sniffles must go from the Tooniverse to a different Yeah, um, and we think he does. Universe. Like, yeah. Because we, we believe he gets uh, swapped out, but uh, we'll get to that. So Porky and Daffy's families. Daffy's family, unconventional, but ultimately... Seems to work seems to okay work. from at the time. Porky's family, not so much. Now, in a... No. a like, in a previous episode, Porky had been mistaken for an escaped uh, criminal. Yeah. Uh, no, no, known only to us as killer. Yeah. Wonder yeah. what he got pulled away from. Yeah. Wonder what, <laughs> wonder what he got bunged in prison for. Um, but Porky uh, aids the police in putting killer back behind bars. Yeah. And I think at this point he is dating Petunia. He's as well, dating isn't he? Petunia at the time. Yeah. At last, he's finally finally you know, finally got sorted there. it out. Um, however, at the end of that episode, Petunia is kind of into killer. Yeah, she, she, goes lo- off she, with she him, likes the bad even boy. though he's getting put in prison. Yeah, but a little later, he's Porky is settling down with Petunia, uh, presumably because Petunia has had a child. Yeah, and she definitely seems to be passing off this kid as if it's Porky. Now this kid, this kid's a little shit. Yeah, like, so I think this was the point where we realised that um, violence, like within a nature, is hereditary. hereditary. Yeah, yeah. So, like, these aspects of people's personality do seem to be hereditary, which is interesting. Yeah. So at this point, we're looking at the way this kid is treating everything around him, but mainly Porky. Yeah. Uh, and looking at him, just going, "That's Killer's kid." Yeah. That is Killer's kid. It There's is obviously no Killer's kid, and Porky whether it's known to him or not, settles down with Petunia and, yeah. is, and, point, and is raising this kid. And at this point, stands down from his role as Porky Pig. Yeah, so he, so, so, so he takes a step back, he's settling down with his family, you know, he's spending a bit of time with them, which is good. So at this point, like, it seem, it's important for the agency to employ a new Porky Pig. And they do. We get uh, a younger... Like, young whippersnapper. Young whippersnapper. Yep. Up and comer. Porky the, Porky the fourth. Yes. Uh, as we've uh, worked it out. Um, so Porky the fourth, he's young. He's, you know, he's going for it. Like he's, he's an up and comer. Yeah. He really hams up the stutter. He really like, does ham it up. It is unbelievably recognisable whether Not, yeah. it is Porky the third or Porky the fourth. It is so obvious in that a cartoon. Porky the fourth is just so young and... Inexperience. So let's talk briefly about 
how we got to him Porky being the Porky fourth. the Fourth. Yeah. So we have seen previously Porky's dad. Yeah. Uh, Porky's dad we know is uh, 48. Yeah. We have Porky in 1937 uh, pegged at about, like, you know, 30. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Porky's dad had Porky quite young. Uh, but he was, his his father was the first. Yeah, the original, the original Porky, Porky Pig. Pig. Yeah. Um, He's the one you see bursting out the drum at the end. Yeah. Uh, you can tell, like, you can see that the one bursting out the drum at the end at this point, like, he's got wrinkles and stuff. We think, like, the, the burst out the drum and say, uh, that's all, folks, uh, was, like, the parting gift to him when he stopped, when he stood down from the role and passed yes. it on to his son. It was kind of like a pension. Yeah. He gets to just be the guy who bursts out the drum and say, that's all, folks. Yeah. Um, Porky the Second is Porky's dad. Yeah. Uh, he did not, he was not in the role for long. Uh, no, he, he, times he, he had changing. some problems with them. Times with were the changing. Um, and uh, there was a lot of racism in those early cartoons. Yeah, a lot, a lot was expected from the Porky of the time to just uphold those and just kind of go with the script. And uh, Porky II didn't want to. He didn't want to go with the script. No. So he, he did, yeah, maybe, maybe not even one episode. We're yeah. not even sure. But he was in there somewhere. Yeah. For either an episode or just flat out refused, didn't go in. Porky the Third, the Porky we've been viewing up until this point. He, he loved was, the show business. He, he was willing to he, do anything for yeah, it. And like, pr- presumably because he looked up to his grandfather, he yeah. was like this big famous actor. He told many stories, sat on his knee. Yeah. And Porky uh, just rolled with it. He and did. that's that's why we, we see a lot of questionable stuff in yeah. those porky the third episodes no definitely he 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 agreed to do uh some horrible horrible sketches and it's very possible you know under the right circumstances he probably never would have done them like i don't think he would have chosen to do it if it wasn't just nope i want to be a star and he did it absolutely so and that brings us to porky the fourth who's the who's the the porky who's currently in yes uh, barring a quibble that we'll get to but i don't want to no, you don't want to ruin things too early. Don't want to do it now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, next up, we have Elmer Fudd. Now, Elmer Fudd is the egghead who made it. Yeah, he's the only one who didn't crack under the pressure. He's the only one who dealt with sentience and hatched. Yeah, because we, like, eggheads previously, like, they visibly sort of get more and more manic and insane until... Yeah. Until they're just done. Yeah. But their brains are scrambled. Elmer managed to keep it under control, and the egg hatched. Yeah, and from that came. Although he's got a big bulbous head, which presumably still filled most of the egg. <laughs> uh, he hatched, and uh, he's got a full human body. He has. It's a real Pinocchio story. Yeah, it, it's it's like he's oh, a real boy. Yeah, he is. It, and what a character he is! Like he doesn't. I don't rem- know how much of his egghead life he remembers how much of the experience because he seems kind of new and a bit bewildered by society yeah but we don't think he has any recollection of his egghead life no we think he's he's pretty sure he you know he's come out as a fully formed human and just believes that he's always been yeah fully formed human yeah i think over time he sort of builds like a false backstory and sort yeah. of childhood for himself yeah but we don't think it exists it's kind of like the memory implants in uh, uh, Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. yeah, it's just like yeah, something's happened there. Well, that's it because because the agency wouldn't know what to do with them. Society wouldn't know what to do with them because they'd never seen an egghead hatch before. Yeah. So it's like, what do we do now? Uh, and uh, largely, I think the answer is nothing. Just yeah. let them get on with well, it. Well, they have to they have to give them their trouser test certificate. That has to be a given. But he's passed the trouser test. Well, exactly as an egg. Yeah, but he doesn't remember all of that. Uh, so during this sort of uh, time, we've got a lot of we've got a fair few Elmer heavy episodes, but we also have uh, like we and we were part of this. We we were disappointed with the performance of Porky the Fourth. Yes, we didn't like him as much as Porky the Third. For all Porky the Third's flaws, he was Porky just a better Porky. Wasn't delivering. For no, us. he wasn't. He, he like he he wasn't really kind of whiffing his lines, but he was just he was laying it on too thick. He just wasn't as entertaining. Yeah. Um, and this view was clearly shared by the studio because yeah. this is where you know a, a sort of game changer came in in a couple of ways. Uh, 
One, we had archived footage of tunes in our world. So, like, yep. you know, what we would describe as live-action footage. With tunes at in the it. Stu- at the Warner Brothers studio. Yeah. And Porky and Daffy were out and about, and they were talking to... They were uh, quibbling over contracts. Yeah, they were quibbling over contracts. Yeah. Uh, at the studio. Yeah. Um, but uh, during this process... We're pretty sure that Daffy and Porky the Third, while Porky the Fourth was in our world, yeah, sort of took care of him. Yeah, something definitely happened. We saw like, we saw Porky we saw the Fourth change. go into a side room. Yeah, we saw Daffy go into the side room. Yeah, and then standard fighting noises. I think Porky the Third was waiting in that room. And Daffy came in behind Porky the Fourth, so he couldn't and leave. And they rumbled him. And they and they, they rumbled him. Yeah. And then back into the office comes Daffy and Porky. Yeah. And it's and the thing is, it's they, clearly Porky the Third. And it switches in in this one yeah. episode. It clearly switches. Yeah. And they negotiate the contract amiably, and Red Ta- and Porky the Third, Makes presumably having discovered that it's Killer's kid, and going, "Do you know what? I don't want any part of this." Yeah. Returns to his life in pictures, leaving Porky the Fourth for dead. Yeah. Oh God! What and what a time it was! What a time! And seeing that switch, just seeing it happen on screen was, ah, oh, it was bloody impressive. Yeah. But it did lead to ah, oh, Daffy and Porky, pretty dark characters. They're willing to do some pretty dark things. Yeah. But, I mean, <clears throat> the question is, you know, how much how much of it do we think is because Daffy feels like he owes Porky? Um, we did help him through some troubling times. Because Daffy also seemed to try and warn him about the Petunia situation. Yeah. But he was, he was not wasn't having listening. Much, wasn't having much of Eyes it. Eyes were clouded. Uh, at this point, the, the rabbit in the wings, he's changed his gloves. Oh, he has. He's put on some white ones. His demeanour hasn't much changed, but he's sort of creeping into the peripheries of society. Yeah. And starting to torment a certain egghead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elmer Fudd, as he is now known. Uh, it's still very peripheral. He's still not really, you know, that involved. No, he's he's, he's he's starting to take an interest in this particular um, character, though, yeah, isn't he? He's starting to take an interest in Elmer. He's taken an interest in Elmer specifically. and Possibly start... because he's just come into society. Yeah, he's something new. Yeah, something different. But... For some reason, this rabbit, like, sees something there. And at this point, that's all we really knew. Uh, he sees something there. Yeah. A little glimmer of hope. That something interesting might come out of it. And so they meet. Oh, they do. In quite, in quite a he says, legendary way. What's up, Doc? And there it is. And that's really all we know at this point. Yeah. Uh, but it was a realisation for us. Uh, the appearance of the rabbit has sort of started to change. Like, yeah. It's more humanoid, I guess. Like, yeah, his, 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 his face is changing, his posture's changing. Um, his outlook on life seems to be seems changing. To be slightly changing. Uh, so does a certain mouse. Yeah. Uh, at this point, the Sniffles cartoons take a dark turn. His mind seems to be deteriorating. Uh, he has befriended a bookworm who we think is basically looking after him and sort of keeping him in check. As in it were. check. Uh, and he needs it. He's, he's falling apart. At this point, we think the original Sniffles has left the Tooniverse to go and star in Five All Goes West. Yeah. Um, and left in his stead... Uh, a drunk, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the only thing that can explain the change between the, the the sniffles we saw right at the start and this just mess of a mouse. Yeah, it's just it's deteriorating. He's, he's an absolute mess all of a sudden. Yeah. And his ears are smaller. They're not big and floppy like Fivels. Nope. They're, they're nope. smaller now. But he's still being pushed as sniffles. So yeah. we th- I think there's been a gen- genuine body swap situation there as well. Yeah. We and, have thus and, and, far never seen the original sniffles again. No, no, we haven't. Well, I mean, unless you watch Five or Goes West. 
Oh, yeah. Or American Tale. Yeah. Because Five of Gores West was the second one. Yeah, yeah. But I think he was in the first one, but then he just never came back after no, the second one. No. He popped out the first time. Then he thought, I'm I like this. it out here. But yeah, we, we, we end up, we, we're given a drunk mouse in replacement. Absolutely. And yeah, we, like, we just see him. And we've just watched him just go downhill get, and downhill. Get worse and worse and, and worse. It's been harrowing. Yeah. But it's a good thing he did meet Bookworm, though, because it did lead him to write a lot of help guides for himself. Yeah, he wrote a lot of self-help guides to keep himself in check when inevitably Bookworm can't deal with his friendship anymore. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. We will. So an episode around this point uh, took us back to a billion trillion years BC in the two of us. Now, there was a porky-like pig. There was. And although this episode didn't particularly answer much in terms of the overarching, um, you know, story of the Tooniverse, what it did tell us is something about the portal. Yeah. And that's that, for whatever reason, it locks on to certain characters, no matter when or where they are. Yeah, and it, and it can jump through time and fast swathes of time as well. Yeah. So this allows for, well several things one it allows for time travel yes you jump out the portal the portal looks somewhere else you jump back in yeah you're now in that time you're now in that time which opens up a lot of possibilities in the universe yeah and some are going to be important definitely uh but the other thing is that it opens up the possibility for the portal to make mistakes because this isn't porky pig it's just a pig that looks similar from a billion trillion yeah. years ago um now, we don't know if this is an error in like somebody's calibrations or if the portal itself has a mind. Yes, and, and can't really distinguish between but, uh, Up to a, po- a certain point, it can't really distinguish. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's, that's a Porky-esque character and just opens up on it. But, yeah, it, like it, the portal itself or someone controlling it has learned to identify things that are irrelevant over the arc of the Tooniverse. Yeah. Uh, but that... That person or that, like, sentience uh, is fallible. Yes. Uh, which, again, is going to become important. Definitely. Um, I've, I've written here rules on Toon powers slash festive jobs. Now, <laughs> in Toon society, like in the city, you don't you really use your sort of Toon powers very much. No, really it's, it. It, it's kind of frowned upon in uh, polite company to just start busting out that your That sort of powers. starts to change over time, but yeah. at this point, like, yeah, you don't... It's unseemly. You don't, yeah, you don't fly around on your ears like a helicopter. No, you don't swim through the air. Yeah, you just don't do it. You, no. you go about being a, you know, good city pig and you go yeah, like... tip your hat. Good day, ma'am. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and you shuffle on to work with your briefcase. Yeah, like, That's what you do. There seems to be, at this point... A sort of aspiration uh, to be almost human-like, like on our side of the portal yes. for the time, yeah. right? Uh, and as we know, they've been watching a lot of archive footage. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe in this demarcated society, they still look to our type of human from yeah. our side of the portal and go. That's you know, the refined that's, way to be. That's the. Uh, that's the aim here. Yeah. Like that's 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 what society looks like. There, there does seem to be one exception to this uh, rule of you're not allowed to use your tomb powers, and that's the holiday jobs. Yeah. So by holiday jobs, we don't mean like a mall Santa. No. We mean a Santa. Yes. Like you're a Santa. Yeah. Or an Easter bunny, or a tooth fairy. Like we we decided there was, and I say decided, not discovered. We decided that there is a Santa. Who's a, who sits on the council of the agency and yes. is an ancient lobster. But uh, that was during a Christmas special where A, we were drunk, and B... We had very little we to go watched, on. We had very little to go on. <laughs> There's very few So don't worry about episodes. that. But the people who are actually out delivering presents or Easter eggs or whatever, yeah. they are an Easter bunny, a Santa. Yes. Like they, they'll, have a, they'll have an area they're dealing with. They're basically a glorified postman, but yeah. with probably a larger area to deal with. Because they're allowed to use their tomb powers. Yes, they are. And it, it, it seems to be whatever tomb powers that they have, they're the ones that they're able to use. Like, to I still that. reckon, like, they probably get stopped quite a lot. Yeah. I go, excuse me, what are you doing? And then, and then they show, show like, pass a pass or a permit pass, or something. And they go, oh, sorry, Santa. Yeah, off you go. 
Um, and you know that that obviously that's going to have a time limit on it. You know that that waiver is only going to be suitable for one day, one week, whatever the whatever the festive period is. Yeah. While we're while we're on just sort of some rules rather than story, uh, I've written suicide and underlined it twice. Yeah, the this, suicide rate in the Tooniverse is high. It is very high, and we think there is a reason for that because. How hard it is to kind of kill a tomb. We don't think they really die of old age or natural causes so much. No, not really. So there has to be some level of population control. And it does seem to be that now I've seen everything and then they commit suicide. So it seems to be sort of like a bucket list We've seen it a lot of times now. Yeah. uh, This is the first time we saw it, but... uh, We've seen it several times since. Quite often something weird will happen and they'll go, now I've seen everything. And they'll just pull out a pistol and shoot themselves in the head. Yeah. Um, and this got us thinking. I think I think this has been yeah a population control measure for a long time. You make a bucket list of things you want to see. Yeah. Once you have seen them all, that's you, it. That you have to off yourself. Yeah. Like like it's the law. Yes. Um, we think people have tried to game the system because most of the times we see it happen, like it's something really specific yeah. or really obscure uh, and, and if you put something really specific or really obscure in your listing oh well i'm never gonna see that then you never have to commit suicide yeah unfortunately this is the tooniverse and these things crop up these things happen <laughs> quite uh, i can't even remember what the first one was but like yeah it's just picking re- weirdly specific things yes to try and get out of having to off yourself yeah. but everyone seems very dutiful when it happens like well, it's within it. seconds it's just like well it's like fair cop gov yeah like, like that's what it head. is. It, 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 it's kind of a Logan's Run sort of situation where the vast majority of people, the, the, it's just that is just society. Yeah. So it's just like, nope, that is what I've got to do. When you join society, you do your trouser test, you fill out your bucket list. When you're a kid, I don't know, kind of like your bar mitzvah, you fill out your bucket list. Like, you know, you hit a certain age and you have to do it. And it's like, right, there we go. I've just, I've just got to see these things and that's it. Yeah. I imagine there's probably a hard limit as to how many you like to put on. Yeah, I, I think you're it's probably told. like minimum of five, maximum of twenty. Uh, no, I reckon you're. I reckon it's probably based on uh, species and how long your species is meant to live. Oh, okay, because I reckon more about position in society. Like, Cecil turtle is old, right? And all those turtles are old. Or they? Is that they're not just turtles? The they're tortoises. But tortoises. he's called Cecil turtle. He is called Cecil turtle. Uh, do you think it? Do you think they just gamed it really well? Well, or, either, either that or that's just their, or are they just, just their species. Like, it, it's possible they're not really old. Maybe they just seem old. Yeah, maybe. Because we just, don't know. Like, like, we, we, we haven't seen like the, uh, uh, anything other than just old-looking That's true. tortoises. But anyway, like, I think there's a hard limit. I think it is just a specific amount. Yes. I think it's just like, put 10 things on the list, go. Yeah. Um, so, during all this time, Porky the Fourth who's been left for dead in our world, uh, has presumably gathered himself and staggered to a movie theatre. Yeah. Wounded. You know. Injured, hurt. You know. Oh, he, he must have had a tragic yeah. time because he went to town. Within on. an inch of his life. Yeah. Like, made his way to a movie theatre and been let back in through the portal. Yeah. Um, because we've find that he's actually on the lam in mexico yeah um not much more to be said there but porky the fourth is alive yeah and 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 is porkying it up in mexico yeah he's being porky yeah like you know presumably like maybe porky isn't a celebrity in mexico toon world but uh yeah he's he's doing the bit he is he's rehearsing but ultimately he's he's got a sombrero on and he's trying to muck in yes (laughs) Trying, trying to make some money. So, Bugs has started, as Elmer has started to re-enter society, Bugs has started to operate within it a bit more. Yes. Uh, unlike where before uh, he met Elmer, he very much stayed around just being a rabbit in his hole. Yeah, he, um, he, he, he shuns society for quite a long time. He's got still quite a, like an anti like an anti-society vibe. Yeah. But he's willing to accept it. Like, it, like, I don't think he likes it. I think he just sees that Elmer is an important enough pursuit 
that he that, that, that he's willing it. to yeah he's willing to go into society for that. Uh, so we've talked briefly about Cecil Turtle, uh, yeah. Bugs, as well as uh, you know taking an interest in Elmer has developed some sort of eternal rivalry with a, a tortoise called Cecil Turtle. Yeah, uh, he, he, seem, he seems to be hung up on this tortoise and hay story, yeah. and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having that." So not, uh, it's a, a species pride for him, really. So we know that Bugs starts getting hung up on stuff. Yeah, like he's hung up on Elmer. We don't know if really at this point he knows why. He just no. is, and he's really hung up on beating this tortoise in a race. Yeah, which he repeatedly fails to do. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Uh, we also have Willoughby. Willoughby is a dog. Well, he's many dogs at this point, and we don't really know why. No. But it's definitely the same character, but he looks different every time. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll get there. He's I an interesting character. To introduce those, those guys at this point. Yes. So the last thing on our list then. Uh, during this time, now he's returned to show business, Porky the Third has become increasingly obsessed with fame power basically his own brand basically his own brand yeah and at this point like i think i think it's possibly because he thought he literally thinks he got away with murder absolutely it's it's just tipped him over the edge yeah but at this point we start to see that he has segregated part of society under his rule yeah like he's we presume he's built it out of his part of his dad's farm. Yeah. But he's there, like, he's got his, you know... But he's running he's making, a courtroom. He's making speeches, he's running a courtroom, he's got, like, a, ped- uh, you know, a, an, like, sort of altar thing up yeah. the front. He's making speeches, and everyone's, you know, everyone's listening. Yeah. Like, uh, every, he's putting on film festivals of his good film work. Yeah. It's shit. It is. And everyone's still just every- like, yeah, because yeah, they're terrified. making everybody, like, just abide by his law. And this uh, really brings us into, uh, like, the, the, the first full-on chapter of the story. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is the rise of El Porco and Porkytopia. Oh, uh, some dark times ahead. Real dark times. Porky the Third at this point, is nothing short of a despotic leader of his own nation-state. Yeah. And that will have to be a story for next week. I think it will be. Because it's a big one. Oh, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be dark. It's going to be full of tears and laughter. But <laughs> There's a lot of tears. It's horrible. It is a lot horrible. Because uh, at this point, we're getting into wartime in our world. Yeah. The Toon world, for its own reasons, is going to The going rise to of shit. one dictator parallels the rise of another. Yeah, it's, it's intense stuff. Yeah. It's uh, really intense. So yeah, that it, that is the first half of our uh, season one wrap up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need tune a bit in of time we- off. To- tune in next week for the the hell that is. Oh god, the the rule of El Porco. Yeah. I'll see you next week then. I'll see you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>